Good morning. I'm Angela Davis, and you're listening to NPR News. So glad you could be with us today. It might have gotten off to a late start here in Minnesota, but winter is here. It's cold, it's cloudy, it's dark outside for much of the day. And for many Minnesotans, you know what time it is. Time for the winter blues. And this year, even the jolliest of Minnesotans are grouchy because we haven't had a significant snowfall. They haven't been able to enjoy the outdoor winter activities they look forward to each year, like skiing and skating and snowshoeing, sledding, snowmobiling and ice fishing. Today, I'm talking about a mental health condition often referred to as the winter blues. It's technically called seasonal affective disorder or SAD. And the symptoms can include feeling sluggish, having low energy, sleeping too much, eating too much, feeling hopeless. Well, this hour, we're going to get some advice on how to handle it, uh, how to take control over the winter blues and how to be proactive about it. And I really want you to join the conversation as I talk with two guests about ways to get through the cold, dark months ahead. I want you to share your tips with us. The phone lines are open and we're taking your calls. Have you been diagnosed with seasonal affective disorder or are you simply aware that every winter you get a little bit sad, a little bit depressed? Tell us about your experience with the winter blues and what you do to address it. I want to know what works for you. What questions or stories do you have about the winter blues? Call us at 651-227-6000. Again, that number is 651-227-6000. Or you can call us at 800 242 Let's bring in our guests this hour. We have Sabina Schmid on the line. Sabina is a clinical psychologist and a mood disorder expert. She's the director of psychology education and an assistant professor at the University of Minnesota Medical School. Good morning to you, Sabina. Nice to talk with you. Thanks for having me. And here in the studio with me, I have Bridget Mozina. Bridget is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Burnsville who focuses on children, teenagers, and their families. Her practice is called Grow and Thrive Therapy. Good morning, Bridget. Thank you so much for having me. Hi. Uh, uh, Bridget, you had the privilege of listening to me share with you <laughs> how I, I address the, the cloudy, dark days. And, you know, we talk about this topic every year uh, because it's a, it really is a problem. Have you seen it among some of your family members, your friends, your colleagues, or maybe even yourself, the, the winter blues? Yeah, I think that this is something that we can all kind of relate to with living in Minnesota, the dark weather and um, the reduced sunlight. And so, yeah, it's something I think we all talk about and we can all feel and experience. And yeah, definitely, you know, with kids and teens that I work with, you know, that can definitely show up as, you know, the light and the sunlight changes. And so um, I think it can be kind of a universal experience mm-hmm. or something we can all relate to. And I'm embarrassed to say I had never really stopped to think about how children are affected by uh, these dark, long, cold days as well. But that is something we'll talk about more this hour. And again, the cause, we think it, it's really related to just having reduced sunlight. Correct. Yeah. Um, that, that's mm-hmm. that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, for you, uh, uh, Sabina, any personal experiences with this, the winter blues? 
Well, um, I can um, swing in all kinds of ways, but um, so the the amount of daylight doesn't seem to affect me directly, but I have certainly um, friends and family members who are affected by this. And in Minnesota, um, I have more uh, friends and acquaintances who seem to um, also just worry about getting more down in the in the winter months. Mm-hmm. So, and and I work with uh, pervasive and all kinds of depressive disorders, and we see it in the clinic. We see a significant effect, and we get ready in September, October, or November every year for uh, preparing people who have a seasonal pattern of depression. Mm. And you know, I, I would believe that even though, you know, you may not have a diagnosis of seasonal affective disorder, uh, you still may have, again, like this pattern where you know, every winter, you just you're not the same person. Have you seen that, Sabina? Yes. Yes, so it's actually quite normal um, and and healthy to uh, have some change in mood uh, in the in the winter months. So um, that seasonality of uh, sleeping more and and also even feeling a little bit more down mm-hmm. is very normal biologically speaking. And then. Um, the winter blues is is a term that's uh, not technically defined, so it can be used for a wide range of things. And and a lot of people have uh, what we would call the winter blues, or or maybe um, subsyndromal uh, depression in the winter months. Um, so yes, I am I'm definitely noticing that I get more. Um, you know, I like to be cozying up at home with a fire. I don't want to be as active. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and some of that can be uh, healthy and normal, uh, but it's a slippery slope. And, mm-hmm. and I, I can certainly relate to that. And and I, I think I've also read that, uh, that Minnesotans tend to have higher rates of, of, of seasonal depression. And, and is it because part of it is just the geography, right? Because we are, are so far away from the equator. Is that correct, Sabina? Yes. Um, so seasonal affective disorder, and I just want to uh, preface this by saying that it is a form of major depressive disorder or of bipolar disorder. It is a form of a mood disorder diagnosis. So it is a serious condition. And, and if we talk about seasonal affective disorder, we talk about somebody who is depressed for two weeks or more, most of the day, nearly every day um, for, for a significant amount of time with, with feeling down, depressed and lacking interest in, in most of those days. Um, that diagnosis um, is uh, more common in northern latitudes. So yes, uh, Minnesota and Alaska, for example, have a prevalence rate mm-hmm. um, of about 10, 11%. So 10, 11% of the population at some point in their lives experiences a seasonal form of a mood disorder. Uh, and if we compare this to Florida, for example, or southern states where it's like 2%. So, Mm. and these are estimates, um, but it's a significant difference. Latitude is a significant factor. It's one of the main factors, um, but other factors that influence if you're at risk for seasonal depression are things like sex. So females are at about three to one ratio higher risk of developing that seasonal form of depression. And also it tends to be diagnosed uh earlier so in in younger adults um 
it it's a uh, um, younger adults have higher rates of seasonal depression than older adults mm. on average. And and Bridget, this is a big part of your focus. You work with children and teenagers, uh, young adults. Uh, what are the winter months like for young people? And, and what what are you seeing um, as you as you talk with 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 young folks? Yeah, so as you know, the winter months are approaching, um, you know, we can be really mindful of additional stressor- stressors that students or young adults are experiencing, such as like college students. Um, so with the impending finals or um, mm. tests and whatnot, and then also there's a big schedule change with holiday breaks and where you're no longer maybe engaging in regular routines and sleep patterns can change during this time as well. Um, and so being mindful of these upcoming shifts in in the winter months and other factors that can exacerbate some of these symptoms. Um, so that's what I see as people prepare for these winter months or for kids and teens, especially. Many families right now living through this right now. And yes, the, the routine changes. So the end of the school year, or the academic year, the end of the semester or the, the break. So you've got final projects, final tests, then maybe you're traveling and then, oh, then you're at home for two, three weeks with your parents. It is that additional stress in addition to the the, the weather changes, the lack of sunlight. Yeah. So we're already seeing, you know, some of these struggles or like those signs and symptoms of depression. Mm-hmm. And then when we have these added on stressors, that can make it more challenging. Wow. It's a wonder any of us get along. All of this in one house, right? Right. <laughs> We're going to take uh, some phone calls now and, and learn more about the winter blues. Taking your phone calls, uh, I want to know, like, are, are you aware that every winter you get a little bit depressed? Uh, tell us about your experience with the winter blues and what you do to address it. What works for you? Please share your tips. Call us at 651-227-6000 or you can call 800-242-2828. Let's go to St. Paul and talk with one of our listeners who's called in already. This is Anna on the line. Good morning, Anna. Good morning, Angela. Hi. What did you want to tell us about the winter blues? Um, I've suffered from seasonal affective disorder since I was a teenager. And um, one thing that was recommended that I do is have a sun lamp. Mm -hmm. And so I purchased a small desktop sun lamp and I use that at my office at work. And every day, starting in the fall through the spring, I turn it on for a couple hours a day and it really makes a huge difference in how awake I feel and my mood. And um, sometimes I even notice if I forget to turn it off after a couple hours, um, I get that feeling that I've been at the beach all day, kind of like too much sun almost. (laughs) But in general, it has a really positive effect on my mood and the seasonal affective disorder is almost gone since I've started using the desktop lamp. Wow. And roughly how many years have you been doing this, Anna? Um, I think I purchased it a, a couple years ago, maybe two or three years ago, but I've suffered, I'm you know, 42 now, and mm-hmm. I've suffered from seasonal affective disorder since I was a teenager. Wow. And it took me years and years and years of suffering every winter to say, you know, they keep saying use some kind of sun lamp. And so I did it, went ahead and did it, and it's made a huge difference. And let me ask you, how many hours, uh, not hours, how many minutes a day and what time of day again, Anna, do you use the, the light? Well, in the mornings, because they recommend um, only for a couple hours a day and in the morning. Otherwise, it can affect your sleep at night, the amount of sun or, you know, UV rays or whatever it gives off if you get. So two hours a day in the morning is plenty. And then 
like I said, if I forget to turn it off, I do notice that I, I feel kind of just like that too much sun, mm-hmm. um, which is not a bad thing in the Minnesota depths of the Minnesota winter. And Anna, before I turn to my guests to talk more about uh, these light boxes and lamps, light therapy, I, I just want to ask you this, uh, you know, you said you went years knowing that, that something changed in the wintertime. What finally led to you going to a doctor or someone to get help with it? Um, well, it's, I've been treated for other depressive episodes, and this was just something that every time that I would talk to them, they said, have you tried light therapy? And mm-hmm. I'd say, no, I haven't. And they say, well, it's covered by your insurance if you want to get a light box mm-hmm. or a light thing. Um and I just, I never took their advice until recently. And it's made, like I said, it's made a really big difference. And has it improved your relationships or affected your uh, your performance at work as well? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, in the wintertime, I would be so sluggish and tired and just not feel like even getting out of bed. But I do notice that it's just overall kind of made me feel a lot more energetic and happy in the wintertime. Thank you for sharing your story. I'm glad you're doing better, Anna. I appreciate it. (laughs) Hearing from you. All right, uh, Samina, a lot there in Anna's uh, testimony, so to speak. Uh, What should people know about light therapy, uh, lamps, and and boxes that provide uh, light across the day? Yeah, so I'm very happy uh, for Anna that she found something that really works for her. And the light box um, works for a lot of people with seasonal affective disorder. Um, It is um, about 20 times brighter than ordinary indoor light. um, And it is... uh, uh, it's been around since the 1980s as a mainstay for treating winter pattern uh, seasonal affective disorder. Um, doesn't work for everybody, but uh, when it works, it can be quite effective. So what one would want to consider, first of all, I like that Anna went to see her uh, professional um, mm-hmm. provider to get some input because um, you want to kind of treat the source of your problem. And as um, Ms. Mozina and, and others have said, you know, so depression can have a lot of different factors playing into it. And the number of daylight hours that can be a main factor for seasonal uh, depression isn't the main reason for everybody to to get a seasonal type mm-hmm. of depression or any type of depression. So you want to be properly diagnosed and, and uh, um, it, it needs to be identified that it's actually related to those daylight hours. And then you want to get a lamp, a box, all kinds of lamps are out there right now that is specifically designed to treat uh, seasonal affective disorder because otherwise it may not be sufficient in intensity mm-hmm. or it might actually hurt your eyes. So you want to have um, uh, the damaging UV light filtered out. Uh, so a light box is a full spectrum light. It should have sufficient intensity. A lot of people say 10,000 lux. Um but uh, the effectiveness depends, of course, on the intensity of the, the intensity of the light times the duration of of using it times the size of the light. So you really need to um, 
do make some sure you research or, or talk to a doctor. Yeah. Make sure you understand yes. what you're buying because they're not all the same. Um, exactly. And again, I think like with any medication or treatment, so some people it works really well and other people it doesn't do anything. You see both That's of that. That's right. Right. Um, and then you heard her talk a little bit too about her performance at work and just her her relationships, the improvement. Is that something that you see also when people are able to, to, to effectively treat the winter blues or their seasonal affective disorder diagnosis? Oh, my goodness, yes. Uh, so the seasonal depression is a form of depression or bipolar disorder, as we mentioned a couple of times. But yes, uh, depression can be caused and triggered by a number of different things. But when it is becoming a full-blown disorder, it affects everything. I mean, it's like a toxin in your brain that colors everything you see, mm-hmm. you say, um, and, and the world you live in. And so, yes, your relationships are one of the main things that can be affected. And it can be a huge source of support as well. Can't overstate the importance of, of family and loved ones, uh, mm-hmm. to help somebody with depression. But yes, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's tough, right? We tend to push people away when we're depressed. So. Right. Right. Uh, Bridget, I think about being a teenager or a young adult, uh, relationships are already extremely difficult. So now having winter blues or a diagnosis of seasonal affective disorder, uh, what did did you hear and what our callers sort of described, like getting on the other side of this, getting some effective treatment? Right. Well, especially for, for teens, you know, as they're shifting from looking towards their parents and then really focusing on and getting a lot of joy or connections with their peers and other adults. And if, you know, the impact of depression is causing them to isolate and losing those connections, it can be really tough to, Mm -hmm. you know, work through that depression or um, find ways to reach out and connect with other people when those relationships are so important or as an important part of their development. And I see this with a lot of teenagers. They're, you know, not doing well. They're sad. All their friends are sad. Their parents are sad. I mean, Mm -hmm. many of us are surrounded by folks who are not very happy. Mm -hmm. Right. And as a young person, that has to be extremely difficult, even more so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it's noticing then for for children and teens, you know, if you're seeing that isolating or more withdrawn, Mm -hmm. that as a parent, that can be something to be curious about or try to check in with your child or teen if you've noticed a significant shift in how they've been engaging with their peers. And that can be one of the signs and symptoms that maybe there is this seasonal affective disorder or something form of depression if if you're concerned. So can uh, children or teenagers, can they have uh, light lamps and light boxes and, and undergo light therapy as part of their daily routine? Is that safe? Yeah. And I would, like Sabina was saying, make sure that you're consulting with a professional to ensure that you're getting the correct type mm-hmm. of sun lamp and that you have all those factors um, and so I think that that's the best route okay. to start taking that. Right. And do, do you know of some young people, some, some children who've tried light therapy and it's been helpful to them? Yeah, I've had some clients that have tried that out and some find it helpful, some don't. And so mm. I think it's also then exploring what else works for you and what are some other types of supports that you can explore. 
Okay. All right. Let's take uh, uh, more phone calls from listeners. As we talk about the winter blues, I, I want to know, have you ever been diagnosed with seasonal affective disorder or are you aware that every winter you get a little bit depressed? You're not yourself. Tell us about your experience with the winter blues and what you do to address it. What is working for you? Call us at 651-227-6000 or you can call 800-242-2828 in Roseville. Sarah's on the phone. Good morning. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for calling in. What do you want to tell us? Hi, thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was diagnosed with a combination of depression and anxiety when I was um, middle teen years. And it wasn't until about five or six years ago that I was actually diagnosed with seasonal effectiveness disorder. Um, I have been working, um, or I regularly see a therapist, and she always checks in with me um, around the time that daylight savings kicks in in the fall. Um, that tends to be like my worst time. And I don't know if that's psychosomatic or if that's just mm-hmm. because the, of the time shift. Um, but I treat, so I treat my seasonal effectiveness disorder with a light box, which is super helpful. Um, I do that with my cup of coffee in the morning. Um, And then I also um, take a little extra vitamin D um, per the direction of my my doctor. Mm -hmm. Um, And I find that that also really helps um, in terms of my, like, overall for my entire day, um, just kind of uplifting my mood and and making me feel like a normal person. Mm -hmm. And and Sarah, you know, as I think of people listening to this conversation, you know, what would you say to, to people who know that, you know, every year I, I, I know what's coming. I feel this change um, about just being proactive about it and looking for some things you can do to make yourself feel better instead of suffering all winter. Yeah. Um, so I definitely make a concerted effort to walk a little more or I like to swim. Um, so mm-hmm. I swim. So I try and get a little bit more exercise when I know that it's coming um, because that those endorphins really help. Um, and then I also try and start the vitamin D before I start feeling like low and depressed um, just so that I can kind of give my body that like, you know, it's coming. We're going to fortify you against the the whole like this is this is coming. Right, right. <laughs> it's just a, a preparation measure. Right. Oh, thank you, Sarah. I'm glad you're, you're doing well. That's Sarah in Roseville. Uh, Bridget, I, I told you, I, I take vitamin D supplements. Uh, have you seen success with uh, clients who, who you've talked to about uh, vitamin D? Does that help? Yeah, because that, you know, is a way to help supplement that lack of sunlight. And mm-hmm. so once again, consulting with the doctor as to what amount you should be taking and um, and then going from there. But yeah, definitely that people can find that helpful or from there. And she talked also about uh, making an effort to go out and walk. And so we'll talk more about exercise. But have you seen that work as well? Physical yes. activity. Yes, definitely. I think being mindful about the amount of movement. I know during the winter months, we like to kind of snuggle up or go inside mm-hmm. and maybe not move around as much. But it's even more essential, especially during these winter months when if seasonal depression is something that you experience to mm-hmm. be making sure that you're getting that movement in. Yeah, get out there, walk, like, embrace the cold air, talk to the dark clouds, right? <laughs> get out there. And get, <laughs> yep. Let nature be healing. Bundle up. Yeah. And, and, and Sabina, uh, what can you tell us about vitamin D supplements? Like how much have you found that they help people? Um, so yes. Um, first of all, um, I, a lot of 
people with seasonal affective disorder have vitamin D deficiency. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is in part because a lot of people have vitamin D deficiency. In the United States, it's estimated that up to 35% of adults might have uh, deficient vitamin D in their system. Um, Now, we can measure that. Um, Adults should consume 15 micrograms every day. That's about 600 international units I use. However, um, as as Bridget said, you really want to consult with your doctor. And one of the things I would say is that vitamin D helps if you have vitamin D deficiency, Mm -hmm. right? It's like much like with the light. So you want to be precise in your treatment. And I would really have a blood work done first mm-hmm. to see if your vitamin D is actually deficient. Yeah, I we don't. I did yeah, that. Go ahead. All right. And I, I, I believe, isn't it true too, that with African Americans that we tend to have vitamin D deficiency more so than other other people? Yeah, it t- there tends to be that effect mm-hmm. uh, because of the darker skin. Mm-hmm. It's harder to absorb the light to produce vitamin D. Mm-hmm. So one of the ways that we make vitamin D is through sunlight uh, hitting our skin, and then we can actually produce it. The other way is to ingest vitamin D. But the foods that contain a lot of vitamin D, like certain fatty fishes and egg yolk, mushrooms, liver. I mean, if I think about my daughter, she takes like, she eats like one of them things. You know? So um, fortified uh, foods that are fortified with vitamin D is another way to go, um, mm-hmm. like milk. And yeah. I appreciate what you said about, again, consulting with a doctor, because when I buy uh, vitamin D, um, you know, when I buy vitamins in the drugstore, you see just the range in terms of like the dosage, how much, or I think, I don't know what the measurement is. And so what should people know about that? Because you can get them in different strengths. Right. So, I mean, your doctors might have a recommendation for the brand and kind. I mean, mm-hmm. we like to take uh, supplements that are FDA approved or that are um, at least going through some kind of control process. I mean, part of the problem with over-the-counter supplements is that they don't go through the FDA. Ah, um, so look at the so label. Mm-hmm. Look at the label. There are some certification uh, uh, processes, and I don't want to go into detail of that, right. but you want to talk to your doctor okay. about what types. And one more thing. We heard uh, Sarah say that she starts uh, walking more, going outside, taking walks in the winter. And so, uh, Sabina, what can you tell us about the value of being outdoors and embracing nature and how that can be healing as as well as, you know, getting this exercise in the wintertime? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So just like Bridget said, it, it um, it's huge. Uh, in fact, lifestyle changes might be um, the, the first line of treatment, um, you know, if you have mild or subsyndromal uh, seasonal depression. Um, and even with major depressive disorder, uh, those this exercise is, is, it's huge. Now, often in combination with something like early morning light therapy um, and nutrition, but um, nature is is double perfect, right? Because we get the exercise, which is good for our metabolism and it's good for sleep and, and everything else, but you also get the daylight. So in the winter, 
one thing I do is I change my, my walking routine. I tend to go after dinner in the summer and in the winter I try to make it, you know, before the daylight is gone. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was leaving uh, to come to work, I, I noticed one of my neighbors was uh, outside and st- stretching and getting ready for his uh, morning run. And I was like, look at him. I'm over here. I'm like, oh, I'm so cold. But I'm like, no, he's being proactive. <laughs> like he's like, he's moving it. He's getting outside. He's getting his exercise in so that he can have a good day. And I, I just, I admire people who, who do that. Uh, let's take one more phone call uh, before we take a news break. We're t- talking about uh, the winter blues, just not not feeling the wintertime and not feeling like yourself uh, each year as the days get longer, the weather gets colder, the clouds are out there, and we just don't have the same amount of sunlight. So I want to know, uh, have you ever been di- diagnosed with seasonal affective disorder, or are you aware that every winter that you just get a little bit sad? Tell us about your experience and what you're doing to address it, what works for you. Call us at 651-227-6000 or 800 800- Two four two let Let's talk to a listener joining us from Sartell, Minnesota. This is Andy on the phone. Hey, Andy. Hey, how uh, are you? Hi, I can hear you. What did you want to tell us about the winter Hello? blues? Andy, I can hear you. What did you want to tell uh, us I've about the winter di- blues? I, want, I was diagnosed in the uh, early 90s by a psychologist. I kept going to see her couple times and it would always turn out to be in September mm-hmm. and she said you know what I think you might have SAD seasonal affective disorder and she prescribed the light box that I should have and and I sat on a, my experience the first time sitting under that light box was it made my skin tingle and everything I'm like oh my gosh I feel good <laughs> it was weird let me just tell you but she prescribed what, she, and I did go with that. And I heard you talking about vitamin D. I, I moved from Iowa. This was in Iowa that I was diagnosed to Arkansas. And in Arkansas, I didn't have the problems with SAD. So I didn't continue. But Arkansas was warmer. I was outside more. I got mm-hmm. a new job, mm-hmm. and my job involved being outside more. So uh, a lot of walking, a lot of outside activities and my doctor there prescribed vitamin D for me because you got to think about it when you're in hot sun you cover up with uh, sunscreen and everything else so you're mm-hmm. not getting the vitamin D even in the summer so but I got I take it year-round now still am and and this November would be one year that I moved here from Arkansas and I have a and you're doing better. You're addressing it. And I'm glad to hear that the light therapy is helping. That's Andy uh, from Sartell. Let's go back to our uh, phone lines and talk with some of our listeners in Minneapolis. We have Dr. Larry Young listening to us this morning. Good morning, Dr. Young. What do you want to tell us about what you're seeing with the winter blues? Hi. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, yeah. So I'm a, um, a clinical psychiatrist, child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist in, in the Twin Cities area. Okay. And I just have to um, just kind of reinforce what everybody's saying today. This is a big problem in Minnesota. Uh, I'm not from Minnesota originally. I moved here about 13 years ago, and uh, I've, I've never seen so much seasonal affective disorder. This is mm. with kids, with adolescents, with adults. Um, and just to kind of emphasize a few things, uh, people are talking about kind of different severities of this problem, mm-hmm. and I really want to forward that. I mean, there's... There's some people who just have a very mild case, you know, like you're talking about the winter blues, just feeling more sluggish. 
But I treat a lot of kids and adults who come in, and this is turning into a major depressive disorder for a lot of them. And it is cyclical. It is seasonal. Um, It could be from the low light. It could be from less activity, not going outside or exercising as much like a lot of people are are saying on your show today. Um, But it can be bad. It can get to the point where we do um, sometimes have to consider medications as well. Um, The light boxes can be very effective. And really, depression is horrible. It, It makes you want to do uh, the opposite of what you should be doing. It makes mm-hmm. you want to stay in bed and shut the shades and, and not interact with anybody, and that's just the worst thing you can do when you're depressed. So the medication should maybe take the severity of that down enough so that you can do those things. It doesn't, uh, and I tell my patients this all the time, it doesn't make the symptoms go away. It, you know, They don't resolve, but it, it should take the severity down enough that you can find the energy to See your friends, get out, exercise a little more, get some sunlight if you can when it uh, when it does show up. So that's one thing to consider there. And Dr. Young, um, is it correct to say that, that you want people to, to know, like, don't ignore this? Oh, for sure. A lot of people do. They say, ah, it's seasonal, you know, it'll, it'll, uh, things will come around in April. But April's a long way away and things mm-hmm. can get a lot worse before it gets better. And, and the more you ignore it, the worse it can get. And, and not just depression, but I've seen people with uh, seasonal issues such as like their, their anxiety can get worse, not just their depression symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen people with manic symptoms, uh, you know, they have bipolar disorder, manic symptoms that, that get worse in the winter. Even ADHD symptoms, attention problems, impulsive behaviors, those can get worse in the winter too, especially with kids. A lot of that is related to less exercise and things like that. But mm. um, yeah, it, it should not be ignored for sure. For and sure. one last question, Dr. Young, as a psychiatrist, I'm curious about the advice that you may give parents uh, who are concerned about their children or, you know, teenagers uh, who are showing signs of just, you know, behavior that's different during the winter months. What, what can parents do? Yeah, yeah. A lot of parents come to me and they say, well, it's, it, <clears throat> you know, it's hard for me to know. Is my kid just, you know, on their phone more, you know, watching more TV, whatever it is, <clears throat> because it's cold outside and, you know, they want to get cozy and whatever else. Mm-hmm. And I try to encourage them. That may be true, but you really have to push them to get out more. Uh, try to have, if they're younger, play dates with their friends. If they're older, try to see friends more often. Mm-hmm. Try to get outside. Try to exercise more. I've even had some parents that, you know, we've had discussions about, well, no, you, it has to be like a behavioral program at home. You're, you're not allowed to have your phone until you get a little exercise first, you know, on a weekend or whatever the case may be. But if they are seeing signs like you've mentioned, sluggishness, low energy, can't get out of bed. And, and just to point out, like I said, things can get severe. That hopelessness you talked about, Angela, can often turn into suicidal thoughts, too. So any sign of any of that, any of that at all, especially worsening in the wintertime, that whether it's triggered by psychosocial stressors in their environment or not, they should, they should seek advice. They should seek help. That would be my advice. Yeah. Thank you for calling in. That's uh, Dr. Larry Young, uh, a psychiatrist there in Minneapolis. Uh, Bridget, uh, he is talking a lot about what he sees with young people. You're a therapist that works with children, teenagers. What did you hear in his comments? Um, so many great points and, you know, to take to taking this uh, this diagnosis seriously and kind of like how I mentioned, you know, it, it, it can feel like a universal experience amongst Minnesotans, but um, it can have um, severe impacts um, with children and teens and their 
their daily functioning. Um, so really looking for those signs and symptoms and, um, and as a parent, noticing any shifts or changes um, as these fall and winter months are approaching. And, you know, one thing with the the seasonal affective disorder is that we know it's coming. Like when we had other callers um, Mm -hmm. mention, like, it's time to start preparing. And knowing if this is something that affects your child or teen, then you can definitely start taking those steps. And as a parent, it's setting your child or teen up for success um, in preparing and getting them signed up for activities and ways they can connect with their peers and getting that movement in and whatnot. And, and and Sabina, anything you would add? Uh, you're a mood disorder expert. How do we get uh, children or, or, or teenagers to sort of change some of their lifestyle, some of their activities so that they are more successful during the winter months? <laughs> yeah, that's the multi-million dollar question, <laughs> right? <clears throat> I um, So I, I agree and I really appreciate um, Dr. Young's call in and, and also what Bridget said. Um, I think, um, so to answer your question, um, trying to understand, I think asking our uh, children, our friends to help us uh, understand what they're going through. And then uh, we can validate their feelings and, and talk about how it's less opportunity to be outdoors. The days are so short. It's very frustrating. And they're in school. They're in school. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Exactly. It's not fair. It's not nice. And we don't have to agree with some of their more fatal beliefs, with the helplessness, with the hopelessness. So we can validate that it's frustrating and that we feel down and they feel down and yet focus on what can we do. So I don't have to agree with, well, there's nothing we can do. The winter is what it is. I hate it. We can say, well, what can you do? What's in your control? Well, only really your own behavior. That's it. The weather is not, the daylight is not, the friends are not, you know, the the weather, everything is basically outside of our control. But what we can do is change our behavior and and what Bridget has said, exercise, go out and mm-hmm. yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of, uh, you know, I exercise at a, um, like a community center and I'm always encouraged when I see a lot of kids and teenagers because they're in there swimming in a heated pool or playing in a gym. <laughs> That's helpful, right? That physical activity, doing it even yes. indoors. Oh, yes. Right. I, yeah, I just think outdoors is sort of a double benefit, right? right. Because of the daylight. But again, the light uh, box uh, or happy lamp, as some of my patients call oh, it. Happy um, lamp. The happy lamp, Ooh. exactly, um, can, can help with that. And then exercise is good regardless. All right. Let's take another phone call from a listener as we talk about the winter blues and how to address it, like not to ignore it. Well, what can we do? What helps? Uh, call us at 651-227-6000 or 800 242 2828. Uh, we have uh, Joffrey uh, calling in uh, from Burnsville. And Joffrey, uh, my producers tell me you're a clinical psychologist. That's correct. All right. And I, so are you, you're seeing uh, clients with SAD? Yes. I uh, have a small private practice. I worked for uh, decades at the Ramsey County Mental Health Center, and I uh, must have seen at least uh, 200 people with. Um, probably seasonal affective disorder. Mm-hmm. And and what did you learn from, from working with them? What seems to help, Joffrey? Well, I certainly would agree to your speaker's uh, palette of treatments. I think it's important to emphasize that 
it's commonly um, multiple sources of disorder which uh, come out as depression. But we know that the changing light amount probably is related to many people. Mm-hmm. The staying indoors and lowered activity level is probably also related. A couple of items that we should keep in mind is that the sh- shorting days is through the fall. We are now in the phase where it's longer days. There are, incidentally, a few people, uh, quite a small proportion compared to the winter seasonal affect of people who start to get some sort of light-related effect as the days get significantly longer, like later in the spring. Mm -hmm. I also was very glad to hear that your speakers were explaining about the light boxes. The exact source of uh, benefit from that is unclear. But in the earlier days, people were told they needed infrared or they needed ultraviolet or they needed to have absolutely full-spectrum light, special light bulbs. In reality, what you need, as far as we are aware, is a certain amount of exposed skin, arms may be sufficient, um, and intensive light. And that can be from normal light bulbs. The only difficulty with that is you can need to make sure that the it's 20 minutes or less because there is a small ultraviolet um, production in many regular light bulbs. Mm-hmm. So if that is uh, undertaken, then uh, two or three light bulbs with heavy, uh, heavy wattage can be sufficient. I've had clients who can't afford or can't locate uh, light boxes who have just taken a chair and strapped a couple of, three of these lights and then arrange things so they can lie or sit close to the chair. Uh, you need to be careful with your eyes. Mm-hmm. Not course. to overexpose yourself. Thank you, uh, Joffrey, calling there in Burnsville. Uh, I want to make sure we talk about uh, food uh, before our time is up. Are there foods that we can eat that would help with um, maybe mood disorders or the winter blues? And and why do we want, you know, overeating? Uh, I tend to want to eat more in the wintertime. You know, in the, in the summertime and spring, I'm good with a salad. In wintertime, I want bread, <laughs> lots of bread. Uh, what's, what's that about, uh, Bridget, uh, overeating or wanting to eat more uh, in the wintertime? Yeah, sometimes, you know, when we're experiencing the depressive symptoms that, you know, we can kind of turn to what's called like emotional eating, where food can be kind of a source of comfort. And mm-hmm. so comfort foods, right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's everything in in moderation. So it's then turning to, to foods that make you feel good and connecting with the amount you're eating and um, and just being mindful about that and incorporating mm-hmm. fruits, veggies, you know, finding that balance. Mm-hmm. And, and Sabina, anything you want to say about uh, our diets and what we choose to eat uh, during the winter months that may have an impact on, on feeling better? Um, yeah, so um, also, like Bridget said, so it's part of depression to crave carbs, especially winter pattern depression. Um, and uh we can be proactive in, um, it, it's a package, right? So eating and exercise and lifestyle, it's all connected. Um, and, and often if we don't have enough activity during the day, we don't sleep well, we're tired during the day, and then it's a vicious cycle. It's all connected. Mm-hmm. It's all connected. So exercise can often be 
I mean, as much as we might not like it, but it might actually be one of the easier things mm -hmm. to start with because then your appetite's better and you can start to make healthier choices. Um, it, it's tough. It's really tough. And, and, you know, one slip doesn't mean you're on a downward slope. So, uh, I would just start with the, with the vitamin rich, uh, sources and then eating carbs later. And then what, anything more we should say, uh, Sabina, about oversleeping in the wintertime and just, you know, not wanting to get out of the bed and, 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 and wanting to be curled up on the couch and just, um, you know, maybe just taking naps when like normally we wouldn't take naps. Um, what can you do about that? Um, so it all depends on if it's a problem, right? Uh, some, some people can take naps and they can just sleep a little bit more in the winter and they don't have depression. They can do whatever they want if they feel okay with it. If you have depression, as also Dr. Young was pointing out, it tends to tell us to do the opposite of what we sometimes should do. And so, if especially your sleep is dysregulated and you might even have a sleep disorder on top of that, then you really want to be intentional about your sleep. And depression tends to go with wanting to, with staying up late and then not getting out of bed easily. So what we want to do is have a regular get, wake up time. That's our anchor, a regular wake up time. And then we can start with the light box or something else activity related and it doesn't matter if you feel like it or not. You don't want to make that decision based on how you feel in the moment because I wouldn't be up right now. <laughs> so you want to make the decision when you're in a sound, good, rational mind and then mm -hmm. just do it. All right, let's get in one more phone call before our time is up. In St. Paul, Leon is on the phone. Good morning, Leon. What do you want to ask uh, as we talk about uh, the winter blues? Hi. Um, so I have seasonal affective disorder, and I've especially struggled with the change from daylight savings in the fall. Mm -hmm. I was excited when I first heard about the Sunlight Protection Act, which is currently installed in Congress. Um, what are your thoughts on how daylight savings affects seasonal affective disorder patients? Great question. Um, Sabina, I'll throw this to you. Uh, what do we know about when we you know, throw the clocks back or forward an hour and what that does? Um, yes, uh, it has been researched, and uh, empirically, it does not cause or or detrimentally affect our depression. So the daylight savings time has not been found to be related to an increased likelihood of seasonal affective disorder. However, it is a trigger for a lot of us. Mm -hmm. We just have so, um, about a minute left. And uh, Bridget, any advice uh, for our, our listeners as we, I mean, it's only January, we've got some time to go. What should we start doing today? Or can we do? You know, I think after the, the holidays and with the start of the new year, I think parents can just try to find ways if you're if you have a child that's maybe struggling with this or the winter blues, um, finding ways to mix things up, make things exciting. So sometimes an example, I like to have parents create a bingo card where they create different activities. So that can just kind of create some variety and can help mitigate some of those symptoms. Schedule some fun. Yes. All right. Uh, Sabina, and in our last uh, 30 seconds here, any suggestions for our listeners, what we can start doing today? Um, I, I like the idea of scheduling fun, right? Mm -hmm. um, I have uh, tried all kinds of reminders and alarms to get my daughter out <laughs> of bed in the morning. And Aww. one time she told me, I need a reason to get out of bed. Not mm -hmm. another alarm, a reason because something fun is being scheduled. So I can only second that, plan mm -hmm. the next vacation, plan the next fun 
meaningful thing. Right. Or present a shovel. I have a reason for you to get out of bed. Here's a shovel. It snowed overnight. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I want to thank our guests. This has been a great conversation. Thank you to our listeners. I appreciate hearing all of your advice on dealing with the winter blues or seasonal affective disorder. We've been talking with Sabina Schmidt, a clinical psychologist and a mood disorder expert there at the University of Minnesota Medical School, and Bridget Mozina, a licensed marriage and family therapist in Burnsville, focusing on kids and their families. Her practice is called Grow and Thrive Therapy. This conversation was produced by Matt Alvarez and Maya Beckstrom. All right, we'll talk again tomorrow morning at 9, everybody. Thanks for listening to a recording of my live radio show on NPR News. A reminder that if you want to catch my show in real time, tune in and call in weekdays at 9 a.m.